Many Jews nowadays don't study the Torah. They study this thing called Talmud or Gemara. They got the Babylonian Talmud, the Yerushalayim Talmud, all kind of Talmuds. And really what the Talmud is, is a collection of oral instructions, rabbinical teachings. You know, they said that there is two Torahs, the written Torah and the oral Torah. And truth be told, yes, there is. However, the oral Torah, much like the game of broken telephone, is not what it used to be and is not equivalent to the written Torah. See, God knows everything. God has a plan and his plan has been in existence since before the creation of the world and way, way after the destruction of the world. His world is eternal. Heaven and earth might pass away, but the word of the Lord lasts forever. When God told the Israelites to build the tent of meeting, the tabernacle in the wilderness, he told them specific measurements. He told them exactly what to do. You got to take the gold, you got to hammer it in, take acacia wood, build the Ark of the Covenant, put the poles to carry it, cover it with the two cherubim, everything had to be precise, put the table for the showbread, carve the menorah out of pure gold, put it in this distance, in that length, everything had to be exact. It wasn't just arbitrary information, everything had a purpose. The whole tabernacle was a shadow an image of the true tabernacle, which is meant to be us. The showbread, it's not even called showbread, it's called lechem hapanim, which means the bread of the face. And we had two loaves to represent the 12 tribes who are facing God, or at least supposed to be. The menorah had the oil, which represents the spirit, the seven spirits of God. Seven lamps of the menorah. God has seven spirits. We also know that from Revelation. The fire is the, the burning of the spirit inside of us, the life. Then you had the altar of incense, which represents the prayer of the saints. And there was a curtain. And all of that hall was called the holy place. Beyond the curtain was the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies. See, there is Holy, and then there is the Holy of Holies. And outside of the tent is the common. Most of you, you're not even in the Holy. You're just in the common. You're just outside, where they bring the sacrifices and, and get baptized. That's just so you can get your foot in the door. When you call with your name and you confess with your mouth and all that nonsense, they say, confess with your mouth, Yeshua is Lord and you will be saved. No, <laughs> that's just like the, the entrance. This is okay. You've done that. Okay. Now you can be saved. Start walking, pick up your cross, follow him, become holy. See, in the book of Acts, I believe it's chapter 18, Paul meets a group of people who claim to believe and he asks them, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they go, uh, I don't know, what's the Holy Spirit? And he goes, oh Lord, <laughs> let me tell you what is the Holy Spirit. And see, they haven't received the Holy Spirit because even though they believed, 
they haven't committed themselves. And it was only when Paul explained it to them, and then, once they understood, he baptized them in the name of Yeshua, so they can have forgiveness of sins and be committed to walk in righteousness, to turn from sins and face God, to become the bread of the face. And once they were facing God and got baptized outside of the tabernacle, they brought themselves as the offering, the living sacrifice, and then they could receive the spirit of the lamp of God, which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Shekinah glory. It's not the fire that came down to where the Ark of the Covenant was. No, the Holy Spirit is the spirit that makes you holy. It's the spirit that helps you. It's your nanny, your spiritual nanny that helps you and trains you. It prepares you to become holy. You are not holy. None of us are. We are in training to become holy. We are all uh, in Sinners Anonymous meetings. We are all in rehab. None of us is perfect. Remember, Yeshua told his disciples after he was resurrected, he was here for 40 days, he told them, stay here. Do not talk to anyone until you receive the Helper. Because without the Helper, we're nothing. And Yeshua had to leave in order to send the Helper because Yeshua is our High Priest. He had to get into his office. He had to start ministering and making atonement for us in the heavenly realm so he can send the Holy Spirit because now he has made the, the amendment for us. So we can be holy enough to receive the Holy Spirit. Salvation is not free. Yes, it was paid for by the blood of Yeshua, but you still have to pay your price. <laughs> you know, God paid... 99%, but you still have to pay the 1%, which is laying down your life and following him, becoming a part of his plan, of his purpose, not yours. Adam knew it. You didn't. You have to become what Adam naturally was. So, back to the tabernacle. The whole purpose of it was so that we can receive the Spirit of God and walk with him. God never intended for us to have all this knowledge and Bible studies and Talmud and oral Torah and just sit in a yeshiva all day long and study. That is not the purpose of life. Adam did not do that. That is godless. That is like saying God is some sort of a university, some sort of a library that you have to read all of him with the oral Torah, learn every tradition, every word or the sages spoke 2,000 years ago. No. It's irrelevant. You don't need to know that. If God thought you need to know that, it would be in the written Torah. <laughs> God told Moses, write these words of mine. Put this on a scroll so 3,500 years down the line, those people could read, educate themselves, and find me. The purpose of knowledge is not knowledge. The purpose of the knowledge is to find God, to serve Him, so He can give us the right kind of knowledge. Not read something that somebody said 5,000 years ago and you think it's right because they've been observing it ever since. You know, that is the reason they, they, all the Pharisees and the Sadducees did not recognize Yeshua. They were so full of the Talmud and their oral traditions 
They did not see him. You know, he said it in John chapter 5. You go through the Tanakh and digest it, trying to find eternal life. But if you really studied it, and if you really had eyes to see, you would realize that the whole book points to me. <laughs> That's what Yeshua said. Yes, it points to him, not to me. But the point is, he was the living Torah. The whole Torah was pointing to him. Every major character in the Bible points to him. Adam, Abel, Noah, Melchizedek, Abraham, Yitzchak, Israel, Yosef, Judah, <laughs> Gidon, Samuel, David, Solomon, Boaz, Esther. Every major character, you know, the, the list goes on and on. You know, I'm not going to give you all of it. You're going to have to wait for the new message of the meaning of Teshuvah. But point being, Yeshua is the living Torah. He didn't tell you to go and study. He didn't write the New Testament so you can go and have a Bible study with your friends and your pizza and, and digest it and sit all day long reading it like the Pharisees did and become a Christian Pharisee. That wasn't the point either. It's useless. It's irrelevant. You don't need to know that. You can memorize the whole Bible and still go to hell. In fact, it's best if you don't. I don't even know the whole Bible. I've never read the whole thing. I walk with God. I don't need to. When it's relevant, God will show it to me. He will lead me and say, now read this. Now read that. Now that you have an understanding of this chapter and that chapter, now I'm going to show you the meaning of the third chapter. Remember, it's written in the, in the Gospels when Yeshua was resurrected. He said he opened the eyes of his disciples so they can understand the scriptures. You can read the whole book and still have no idea what it's talking about. You have to have your eyes opened. But in order to do that, you first have to be willing and be drawn by the Spirit. If you are like Adam and Eve, try to take knowledge by force, going and studying all those oral traditions and fill yourself up so much that the cup is running over with nonsense, you're not even listening to God. You will not even recognize his voice because you have the wrong image of him. You think he's some kind of a, I don't know, a, like a lawyer or something, giving you all these rules and regulation and all this stuff and you got to hold it in this angle and you got to, you know, wave the, the lulav three times over your head and the trog has to be this. No, this is not God. This is religion. Religion is not from God. Religion is man's attempt at God, which is honestly one of the biggest schemes of the devil. The devil is not a fool, you know. He invented the mirror. <laughs> and the mirror is the greatest stumbling block for humanity. Think about that. Why would you even have a mirror? Why do you need to know what you look like? What difference does it make? Do you not know that your body is just a vessel? It's the vehicle that moves your spirit around? It's your soul that matters. Your eternal soul, not your temporary body. What does it matter what you look like? Why do you spend so much money on cosmetics, plastic surgery, makeup, you name it? <laughs> Women spend hundreds of dollars a month on their nails. I want to get this color. I'm going to get some extension on you know, my eyebrows. I want to get, you know, I really want to dye my hair. To, all that BS crap. What is this godlessness? What are you doing? But you have no idea because you don't know God. And of course, all these women with their makeup going on singing the gospel, looking like a prostitute. Like, oh, as long as I got King Jesus. Women, you ain't got no King Jesus. 
You got makeup on your face. You got the devil in you. See, but that's what they promote, and they have been promoting it for so long that you don't know any difference. You think this is the way things are. You think this is the truth. You think this is what you should do. How do I know you think that? Because that is what I used to think until God opened my eyes to understand the scriptures. You cannot get it until you walk with God. You will not get it. So stop trying. You're only making things worse. Give up your life, surrender to God, and He will show you the way. Lean not on your standing. You know that, that proverb verse, there's a song about it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct and he shall direct your path. See, but you got to acknowledge him. You have to submit to him. You got to have a relationship with him and talk to him, not treat him like some sort of a character from a fictional story of the Bible, like it's some Harry Potter book. It's like, ooh, I want to I wanna read about God. Well, why don't you spend time with him? I'm sure he would love to introduce himself to you and tell you about himself if you actually cared to ask and to listen to his answer. Problem is, most of you pray, you don't even pray. You don't really pray. You just mumble a few words and then go about your day. You're not even sitting there waiting for an answer. It's kind of like when you, when you call someone, you, you, your boss tells you like, hey guy, how you doing? How's your weekend? Okay, listen up. It's like, well, you just asked me a question. Don't you want to hear my answer? Why would you ask me, hey, how you doing? If you don't really want to know how I'm doing. See, that's how you treat God. You're so used to being useless and godless and selfish that you cannot even comprehend the idea of having a genuine, loving, open and honest relationship with your heavenly father, the creator of the universe. He's not some mythical character. He's real. <laughs> He's a real being. He knows everything. He hears your thoughts. He knows when you mock him. He knows when you don't believe what he says. He knows when you reject him. He still loves you. But don't let that fool you. He loves you. <laughs> but you're still going to die. Not because he's going to kill you. But because the wages of sin is death. And what is sin is rebellion and disconnection from God. If you unplug an electric device from the source of power, it will shut down. If you unplug a living creature from the source of life, it will shut down. And your sins have caused a separation between you and your maker. That's what happened with Adam and Eve. It wasn't that the tree of knowledge was some sort of a magical fruit. No. It was called the tree of knowledge good and evil because God told them not to eat from it. And as soon as they did, by doing the act, they knew evil. What was evil? Rebelling against God. Disobedience. Disobedience is evil. God says, do this, don't do that. If you do what he's told you not to do, you just committed evil. And now you know what evil is. How do you know what evil is? Because you got disconnected from God. As soon as they did it, the Shekinah glory that was dwelling in them got lifted up. That is when they realized they were naked. Up to that point, they were covered in light. 
the same spirit from the tabernacle, the Shekinah glory. The spirit that glows. And that's what happens to you. See, they were born with it. You are born without it. And if you want to get it, you have to be willing to do the work and to start from zero, start from scratch and build your relationship with your maker. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> Life is pain. Anyone telling you otherwise is selling something. You are going to suffer. You are going to be persecuted, hated, discriminated against, prejudiced, pushed around, mocked. But so what? <laughs> Why do you care? Have you never had a bully when you were growing up? See, I'm blessed. I'm blessed because I was bullied. <laughs> I was bullied all my childhood. Even as an adult, I was bullied. <laughs> Praise God. See, I say that because being bullied taught me that it doesn't matter. Let them mock you. Let them laugh at you. Let them push you around. Yeshua said, they slap you on the one cheek, turn the other cheek. Let them slap the other one too. What difference does it make? What are they going to do to you? Men can kill the body, but only God can kill the soul. What is more important? Your pride? Ha ha, he did this. Ha ha, he said, he said his mother is da 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 da. Ha ha. You know, like Nelson, the bully from Simpsons. <laughs> what are you, a child? What are you, five? Grow up. Mature. Stop being a child. Paul said, when I was a child, I did childish things. When I became an adult, I put childish things aside. Pride, ego, all of the things that children have. Put it aside. Grow up. Realize it's not about you. You're just an ant in God's eternal colony. Do you want to serve him? Or do you want to be kicked out of the hive into the eternal darkness where you are going to be tormented forever with no end? Not because God hates you, but because you have rejected the source of life. And therefore, <laughs> you chose death. It's all your choice. Do you want the living Torah, Yeshua, the spirit of life? Or do you want written knowledge for the sake of knowledge so you can feel smarter and puff up your ego, puff up your pride so you can walk around and talk with a high language and all those fancy words that I can't even understand? It's your choice. God loves you enough to give it to you. Praise the Lord. Rabbi Guy Cohen referred to Yohadan 5. And so now I will read. For Yeshua said, it is the truth you know that shall set you free. And the know is the truth you experience. Yohanan chapter 5. After this, there was a Judean festival, and Yeshua went up to Yerushalayim. In Yerushalayim, by the Sheep Gate is a pool called, in Aramaic, Bet Zata, surrounded by five porches in which lay a crowd of invalids, blind, lame, crippled. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. Yeshua, seeing this man, and knowing that he had been there a long time, said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered, I have no one to put me in the pool. When the water is disturbed, and while I'm trying to get there, someone else goes ahead of me. Yeshua said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. 
Immediately the man was healed and he picked up the mat and walked. Now the day was Shabbat. So the Judeans said to the man who had been healed, It's Shabbat. It's against Torah for you to carry your mat. But he answered them, The man who healed me, he's the one who told me, Pick up your mat and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who told you to pick up and walk? But the man who had been healed didn't know who he was because Yeshua had slipped away into the crowd. Afterwards, Yeshua found him in the temple court and said to him, See, you are well. Now stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went off and told the Judeans it was Yeshua who had healed him. And on account of this, the Judeans began harassing Yeshua because he did these things on the Shabbat. But he answered them, My father has been working until now, and I too am working. This answer made the Judeans all the more intent on killing him. Not only was he breaking Shabbat, but also by saying that God was his own father. He was claiming equality with God. Therefore Yeshua said to them, Yes, indeed, I tell you, the Son cannot do anything on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son does too. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he does, and he will show him even greater things than these. So you will be amazed. Just as the Father raises the dead, makes him alive, so to the Son, makes alive anyone he wants. The Father does not judge anyone, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, so that all may honor the Son, Son, as they honor the Father. Whoever fails to honor the Son is not honoring the Father who sent him. Yes, indeed. I tell you that whoever hears what I am saying and trusts the one who sent me has eternal life. That is, he will come, not come up for judgment, but has already crossed over from death to life. For just as the Father has life in himself, so he has given the Son life to have in himself. Also, he has given him authority to execute judgment. Hmm. Because he is the Son of Man. Don't be surprised at this. Because the time is coming when all who are in the grave will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to a resurrection of life. Those who have done evil to a resurrection of judgment. I can't do a thing on my own. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is right. Because I don't seek my own desire, but the desire of the one who sent me. If I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is not valid. But there is someone else testifying on my behalf, and I know that the testimony he is making is valid. You have sent to Yohanan. He has testified to the truth. Not that I collect human testimony. Rather, I say these things so that you might be saved. Yohanan, he was a lamp burning and shining. And for a little while, you were willing to bask in his light. But I have a testimony that is greater than Yohanan's. For the things the Father has given me to do, the very things I am doing now, testify on my behalf that the Father has sent me. In addition, the Father who sent me has himself testified on my behalf. But you 
have never heard his voice or seen his shape. Moreover, his word does not stay in you because you don't trust the one he sent. You keep examining the Tanakh because you think that in it you have eternal life. Those very scriptures bear witness to me, but you won't come to me in order to have life. I don't collect praise from men, but I do know you people. I know that you have no love for God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you don't accept me. If someone else comes in his own name, him you will accept. How can you trust? You're busy collecting praise from each other instead of seeking praise from God only. But don't think that it is I who will be your accuser before the Father. Do you know who will accuse you? Moshe, the very one you have counted on. For if you really believed Moshe, you would believe me, because it was about me that he wrote. But if you don't believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? Blessed be the words of Hashem Adonai, Yehoshua, Mashiach. I hear you calling my name, Lord, I know my life won't be the same when I answer you from my heart. That's when your love starts. Don't you know? You never once let me down. Even though sometimes I thought you were around, you always was there somehow. Through my faith and doubt, oh, I know now that you're the one. You're the moon and stars and clouds and the sun. You shine brighter than each one. You're my joy. You're my reason. You're my reason. I will remember you. I will remember. Cause there's no one else who remains the same. Where the sunshine, where the rain. I will answer you. I will when you call my name, when you call my name, I will hear you. Because you, you are the same. I will answer you. I will answer you. I will answer you. When you call my name Oh, I hear you calling my name And I know my life will never be the same Cause you've touched my heart and soul You made the half now whole You touched my heart and soul when you called my name, you called my name. When you called my name, oh, I hear you calling.
calling my name And I know my life will never be the same When I answer you When I answer you When you call my name Your love flows When you call my name When you call my name Your love flows When you call my name